A lot of the time, I think as moms with IBD, we have a general idea of what's good for our gut and what's not. But actually making it happen, sticking to the diet that we've laid out for ourselves. Now that's a different story. We have this idea in our head of what healthy looks like, but buying the right food at the grocery store, making it efficient so that we don't end up back at that grocery store every other day, doing it on a budget, finding the time to make this wholesome gut healthy food we bought, figuring out how to get the kids to help in the kitchen, and fit all of that in with their hectic schedules and your hectic schedule. All of it is daunting and overwhelming and so not going to happen. If the practicalities of eating gut healthy and meal planning for your Crohn's and colitis is what's standing in the way of your intestinal healing, this is the episode for you, my friend. Let's go ahead and get this gut-loving party started. You are listening to The Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hello, dear one. It's Karen here with you today on another episode of The Cheeky Podcast. And as always, it's an honor to be with you. In my world, it is soccer tryouts time of year again. And if you have kids that are in fall travel sports, you kind of know what I'm talking about here. I really dislike all the drama that surrounds the whole thing. It seems so unnecessary, and I'm just looking forward for it to be done behind us. But on the upside, Mother's Day just passed and the kids gave me exactly what I needed. And that was the option to rest and relax. That's just the perfect Mother's Day for me. How about you? I hope your day was filled with love and showering of all good things from your kiddos. But mostly, I hope it was filled with good health because that's what we all need, right? Now, I've got some goodness coming your way today, some super practical, tactical, actionable steps you can take to jumpstart the meal planning part of your gut healing foodie life. I love the practical stuff. You're going to love this too. Like I said in the opening, I see so many mamas who have a general idea of the way they should eat the foods that work for them and the foods that don't. But so often they get tripped up with starting these new foods or finding the time to make them. And that's what actually stands in their way. Not the knowledge, but the actual doing part. Now, of course, that's not every mom with Crohn's and colitis. Some are still at the stage where they're trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what they should eat and they're questioning. What the heck is the best gut healing diet for me? And if that's you, don't worry because 
I've got you covered there as well. Back in January, I did a series of episodes all about finding the best gut healing diet options for you. If you want some help figuring all of that out, what's the best gut healing diet for me? What are your best options? Go ahead and check out those episodes. It was episodes 69, 70, 71, and 72. It's really a detailed series. It's one that looks at the best, most researched gut healing diet options. It literally walks you step-by-step through as you figure out what works best for you. So just know that those episodes are waiting for you. If you're in the what's the best diet for me place, and you can hear those episodes wherever you get your podcasts, you can also get them in the show notes. I will link to them at karenhaley.com forward slash 88. No matter where you're at finding the best gut healing diet for you, one day you are going to need to take that knowledge you've gained about what foods work and what foods don't and put it into practice. And I wish I could tell you that finding the diet that works best for you is the most challenging part but it rarely is. The most challenging part is actually making the diet you choose a part of your daily life and fitting it in with your family life as well. The practicalities of gut healing, that's what trips us up over time. But today, oh yes, mama, today I am hoping to solve the practicality dilemma for you and show you how to make gut healing eating habits that are easy, repeatable, and ones that work for the whole family. It's about meal planning, and I'm going to show you how to do it in five easy steps. Now, one last note I want to share with you is that I have a cheat sheet for you that goes right along with this episode. So if you find today that you're writing furiously and you want a reminder, go ahead and download my Crohn's and Colitis Meal Planning in 5 Easy Steps Cheat Sheet. Then you can keep it as a resource as you are starting out on this path. And you can get your 5 Steps to Meal Planning Cheat Sheet at karenhaley.com forward slash meal plan. karenhaley.com forward slash meal plan. And Karen is spelled with a Y and meal plan is M-E-A-L-P-L-A-N. All right, shall we dive in? Should we go for it? Okay, step one in meal planning with your gut health in mind is all about having the right gut healing recipes on hand. Step number one, the recipe hunt. The recipe hunt. Many people think that meal planning starts with sitting down and planning the meals for the week. But planning your meals for the week, it's going to take an extra long time if you don't have the recipes and meals right at your fingertips. So instead of starting with planning the menus for the week, we take one just baby step, one small step back that will lead you into a giant leap of time savings with step one, the recipe hunt. And in the recipe hunt, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a hunt for recipes. So you're going to ask yourself some questions here. What are my go-to meals? What are my favorite foods? How about my kids? What are their favorite foods? And then also, what foods seem to work best for my sensitive 
gut. Go ahead and write these things down. It's just about making some preliminary notes here. And now with this information in mind, it's time to cast a wider net and turn these thoughts and ideas into recipes. At this point, you're going to go to your favorite cookbooks, the family recipes that might be able to be made gut-friendly. And let me know if you need help in this area because it's one of my absolute favorite things to do, turning favorite recipes from years past into gut-healing recipes. I love doing that. You're going to go to one of the many gut-healing recipe websites and blogs, things like that. And some of my favorite ones, just to give you some ideas, some of my favorite recipe blogs would be things like A Life of Happenstance, Nom Nom Paleo, The Mediterranean Dish, Wholesome Yum. That's just a few ideas to get you started looking for some really good sites that have fantastic, delicious gut healing recipes. You can also go to Pinterest because, right, we eat with our eyes first. So go to Pinterest. There's fantastic recipes there with beautiful pictures of them. Pull these all up, print them out, write them down, put the recipes in an app, just put them in a safe place and all the recipes, you're going to put all the recipes that appeal to you there. And you'll want to pay close attention during this time. You're going to pay close attention to five ingredient meals, 30-minute meals, sheet pan meals. Oh my goodness, I love sheet pan meals. Everything in one place. Instant pot meals, crock pot meals, because these are the easiest to make on a busy weeknight. The gourmet meals and the longer prep time meals, those are fabulous. Those are great. You're going to save those for when you have extra time, maybe on the weekend, or you want an extra special dinner for a birthday or a holiday. But for everything meal planning, we always focus on what's easy. And I have all my favorites. I keep all my recipe favorites in a recipe binder that I created. In fact, I don't have one. I have a couple. I probably have two or three at this point. But that's because I like things that I can feel and touch. And let's be honest here, spill sauces on as I'm making things because that happens too. But this, this is what works for me. For you, I want you to just pick whatever method works for you. It might be putting them in your phone. It might be a collection on your computer. If this is your first time collecting recipes, finding about 10, maybe even just 10, that would be an amazing B-plus mom start. If you already have a few and you're going to be adding to that for your meal planning purposes, then I'd shoot for maybe 20, 20 total. I've been recipe collecting to help me with my meal planning for years now. And I think I've accumulated, I don't know, somewhere around 100 go-to recipes, but actually that's too many. 20 to 30 tops is all you ever need to put on rotation. So you're not feeling like you're eating the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. 20 to 30 tops, that's perfect. And if you want a do it like a mom bonus tip for this step one, this recipe hunt step, at some point when your collection starts to free up your meal planning time, go ahead and start to categorize your recipes. Wherever they're housed, start to categorize them. You don't need to do this at first. The most important thing that you do is to have just enough recipes to take action because I want you in the action 
action phase. But later, meal planning can become so much more streamlined when you have categories, soups, desserts, main meals, breakfast, then you'll be able to go right there for what it, when you're looking for what you need. You're going to be really happy that you have this system in place. So that's how you do step one, like a mom. All right, let's move on and talk about step two in your meal planning process. And step two is what's already in the house? What's already in the house? So how many times have you gone to the grocery store and then you came home, you put your items away and you'll say to yourself, one cucumber, two cucumber, huh? I guess I forgot that was there. (laughs) We all do this. We all forget what we already have in our house and stock up on too much, especially the perishables. It's not that big of a deal when you stock up on too many frozen carrots or another jar of ketchup, but it's the fruit and veg. That's the area that becomes a real problem because that goes bad quickly, especially when you buy organic. It's not a good thing. So before we even get started, we do a quick once over before we even think about what we're going to make for the week. See what you've got, see what you need. You're going to be looking in the pantry, the refrigerator, even on the counter. And when you first start doing this, it can seem a little bit daunting because it's new, but I, I, I promise you, you're going to get really fast at this. You're going to get really good at just looking around, seeing what you've already got. When you do this just a couple times, it becomes a very quick process. Taking a peek to see what you already have, it of course, it means less food waste, but it also serves a second purpose. When you take a look at what you already have in your house before you make your grocery list, before you even decide on what meals to make for the week, you can now plan your recipes accordingly. So let's say you have a lot of zucchini in the refrigerator for whatever reason. Maybe it was what happened with the cucumbers. You just kept buying them because you didn't know you had them in there. Let's say you have a lot of zucchini. Now, it this week is the best time for some zucchini boats or some zoodles. Oh, love some zoodles. Maybe you have a lot of lettuce and it's getting on the older side. Okay, so this week I'm definitely going to be planning a cob salad or a grilled chicken Caesar salad night. See how that works? These are just ideas, of course, but all of the food in our pantry or our refrigerator, it's just waiting for a meal to be planned around it. Looking around before you decide what you'll be eating for the week, it's always the best way to make gut-healthy meal planning easy. Want another do-it-like-a-mom bonus tip in step two? What foods can you combine to make two meals? Okay, now we're getting a little bit tricky, a little bit more advanced, but you can do this. I know you can. Now we're talking here. So you can make a roast one night and then a soup with the leftover meat or the bones from that. Or you could do a fish dish one night and then with the extra fish, you could make fish sticks another night later in the week. Now you're cooking with gas. That's a saying my mother always used to say, but now you're rocking it. Okay, so that's step two. Let's move on and talk about step three. Step three is what's on the calendar? What's on the calendar? So now that you've done a little bit of prep work, 
you have some recipes on hand and you know what's in the house so you don't double buy, you reduce the food waste, it's time to plan what you'll be eating for each night of the week. And the best way to do this is to know what's on the calendar for the week before you make your grocery list. Now, I like to plan for one week at a time. For me, it's manageable. It's not too overwhelming. Like if I was planning for two weeks or a month, also one week is not to fly by the seat of my pants where I end up at the grocery store daily. One week is enough to keep me on track. That might work for you too. So you're about to make your grocery list. You're going to ask yourself, what's on tap for me? What's on tap for the kids this week? Now, my job has some night hours, so does my hubby's, so I always keep in mind what's going on for us as well when I'm deciding what to eat and when. And maybe you need to take this type of thing into account as well. Now, how about the kids' activities? Johnny has soccer on Tuesday nights. Katie has dance on Fridays. I want you to think about all of that. Think about your evenings for the week. How will that affect how much time you have to make dinner? And if you know me at all, you know that I am a huge fan of kids learning how to cook at a young age. Every kid, every boy, every girl, it doesn't matter. Every kid needs to learn how to cook. It's probably, in my opinion, one of the best skills your kid can leave the house knowing because it can help them in so many areas of their life. And when your kids know how to cook, that can be considered into your weekly schedule as well because they can help make dinner at least one night a week. Now, in my house, we've had different incantations of this over the years. We used to do something called Make It Mondays, where each kid took a turn making a meal that day of the week. And they got to go through my recipe list, my recipe books, the internet, cookbooks, whatever, wherever they wanted to. And they would pick out everything from appetizer to dessert. And then they would be in charge of making it for that Monday night. It was really fun. Right now, we get the kids involved in meal planning, mostly with my youngest. He takes this online cooking class through OutSchool. Are you familiar with that platform, OutSchool? It's full of awesome online learning experiences for kids in really every class that you could imagine. Anyway, he takes this cooking class on OutSchool. He takes it every Tuesday. And in the class, they make dinner for the whole family. So it gives my hubby and I a break from cooking once a week. Shish kebabs, flank steaks, salmon, pasta dishes. He has made it all in this class. So I'm not talking about hot dogs and french fries here. I'm not talking about kitty food. I'm talking about real amazing gut healthy dinners and he even will substitute some ingredients to make it more gut healthy by using honey instead of sugar in a recipe or coconut aminos instead of soy sauce in a recipe in order to stay away from gluten. His teacher is really helpful with the food sensitivity substitutions so it works out amazing. He started this particular cooking class when he was 10, but there are cooking classes on OutSchool for kids that are for kids who are even younger than that. Our kids are so much more capable in the kitchen than we give them credit for, even at young ages. And the best part is if we start them when they're young, 
right beside us as we chop and measure and mix and whisk. Even the littlest tyke can help with making breakfast or lunch and they can grow into making dinner for the whole family. It's a little digression from what's on the calendar for the week, but if you find a way to make this tip work for your family where your kids are helping making meals, you'll take the kids planning a meal into account when you're planning your meals for the week. So I always know, just to really make this very practical and usable for you, I always know on Tuesday, dinner will be planned. I don't have to plan it. All I have to do is print out the recipe and add it to the grocery list. Dinner served. Plan your meals for the week, keeping in mind where everyone will be at dinner time, but also who's making the meal because that will help you with planning as well. It helps your meals go smoother during the week and it also helps everyone to eat healthier too because we all know when we plan what we'll be eating in advance, we always make those decisions healthier. I'm betting you rarely say to yourself on Sunday, I can't wait to get that Big Mac on Thursday. It doesn't work that way. It just happens when we fail to plan. Now, are you ready for another do it like a mom bonus tip for step number three? Bonus tip for step number three is having a busy night doesn't mean it's a takeout night. Don't shy away from home-cooked meals, even on busy nights. That is the perfect night for the Instant Pot, the Crock Pot, sheet pan dinners where everything gets baked in one pan, or how about a leftovers night? Busy nights are what trips many well-intentioned mamas up, but don't let it derail you. Plan the nights you are eating out in advance when you plan your week and try your best to stick to it. Remember, meal planning with this five-step method, it's really going to help you stay focused and help you stay on track here. Okay, it's time for step four as you meal plan in your five easy steps. And step four is grocery list and shop. Grocery list and shop. Okay, so in steps one through three, you've done a lot of background work. You've set the stage for easy peasy step four here. Now it's time for the making of the grocery list and actually going shopping. With all the information you've gathered, it's time to take some action. Now I know that the actual making of the grocery list, I know that that can be very time consuming for some writing down each item you want individually. But also, I also know there's so many moms who have gotten away from this tedious task. I hope that you have too. If you really do like a paper shopping list, one that you can hold onto, and I do have lots of clients who do that, and that's okay. Just be sure that it's a pre-printed list of the things you normally buy and that the list is separated into categories in order of the way you shop in the grocery store. That way you can follow it along in order as you go through the store. On grocery shopping day, all you have to do then is circle the items that you need or even just put a check mark next to the items you need. Super time-saving, much better than writing out the handwritten grocery list. 
If you've never done a list like this before, it might take you a little bit of time because you have to set it up on your printer, save it, and then print it out. But oh my goodness, it is so, so, so worth it. You're gonna love how easy breezy it is, how it can make your grocery list and your shopping at the grocery store so much more streamlined, organized, and so much faster. Plus, you're gonna be less apt to buy impulse items as well because that list is very structured. Another way you can rock step four, the grocery shopping step, is to buy in bulk. It saves time, it saves you money, and now most grocery stores have bulk sections. It's a great place for you to stock up on everything from nuts to grains to dried fruit, canned goods, salad dressings, paper towels, even fruits and veggies for those of you who are buying for a big family. Buying in bulk, whether it's at your local grocery store or it's at one of those discount bulk superstores, a Costco, a Sam's, it can really be an integral part of your meal planning process. And when you're at the grocery store, you want most of the items in your shopping cart to come from the perimeter of the grocery store. This is a way we can keep it as gut healthy as possible. We all know the perimeter is where the healthy food lives. No cans, no boxes, packaged food, none of that on the perimeter. And if you find yourself, just kind of think about it as you're at the grocery store, if you find yourself always in the middle aisles, it's time to take stock of how gut healthy the food you're bringing in your home is. Gut healthy food is whole food, it's fresh food. food. And of course, don't forget, we're striving for B plus mom effort here. So you're just going to do the best you can. Now, one last way to simplify and streamline your grocery list and grocery shopping is to ask yourself, how can my kids help with this? Of course, you know I had to go back to that. And the answer of that will really depend on their ages, of course. So if you have older kids, you know they can help. They can help you keep track of the food in the house as it runs out. Keep a list on your fridge or somewhere handy and encourage your kids to write things down when a food gets low, when a food is out. And then find a day of the week when the kids are in charge of a meal or two even. If your kids are old enough to drive, oh my goodness, you better believe they're old enough to go to the grocery store for you. In my house, I prefer to do the big shopping trip, my once a week trip. I prefer to do that because I know what I need. But I definitely send my older kids who can drive, I send them out to the grocery store for those midweek pickups for anything that I need in the middle of the week. They can do it. They're capable of doing it. We just have to let them do it. How about younger kids? Let's talk about that for a second. If you have younger kids, you can get them involved by helping you pick out items at the grocery store. Uh, I know some of you are cringing right now. I know it's annoying to shop with your kids. I know it is when they're little. I've certainly had my days when my kids would fight or they would throw a tantrum at the grocery store. We've all been there. But I'm so glad that I kept taking them back because over time they learn to actually be helpful at the grocery store. Because when they got old enough, I would then send them down the aisle, maybe one or two aisles over, they could find a product for me. And that definitely made the grocery trip go quicker. So do yourself a favor, if you have little ones, every once in a while, you do deserve to go to the grocery store alone. But also find some days when you feel 
okay. Like you feel up for it and take them with you. Show them the ropes and before you know it, they'll actually be helping you at the grocery store. Yes, it takes time initially, but on the back end, it's going to save you so much time later on. Step four, of course, your grocery list and grocery shopping step has a do it like a mom bonus tip as well. And that tip is to download a grocery list app on your phone. This is where you're going to put all of your groceries right there on your phone, the thing that's always in your hand anyway. I use an app called Shopping List. It's absolutely perfect for me. It lets me keep track of multiple stores. It automatically puts my items in my pre-selected categories so I can go in order. And then it deletes the foods as I go throughout the grocery store, which is awesome. I've had it for a few years, but I was recently looking up grocery list apps for a client and I found that there now are tons, tons more grocery shopping apps have cropped up. So if you don't have a grocery list app, do a search for one on your phone, find one that suits your needs because they're all just a little bit different. And if you have one already, I am giving you virtual high fives, mama. Keep it, make it work for you make it work for your meal planning needs. Okay, my friend, you have done the recipe hunt. You know what's in your pantry. You've incorporated the family calendar into your planning. And not only that, but you have created user-friendly ways to make your grocery list. One that's easily repeatable. And you've now shopped. You've shopped for your items for the week. You're getting some much needed help from your kiddos Oh my goodness, you are a rock star mama. There's one last step I want to tell you about. One last step in easy gut healing meal planning. And that last step is the meal prep step. Step number five, meal prep. Meal prep. And again, you might be sensing a pattern with this here, but we're going to get the kids involved in meal prep as well. Start your gut healthy for the whole family meal prep from a place of How can my kids get involved? Now, remember, I mentioned Make It Monday earlier. That's an option for you. I mentioned my son who takes a cooking class and then he's in charge of dinner one night a week. I mentioned getting little ones involved in the kitchen, even if it's just purchasing a kid-safe step stool from a company called One Step Ahead to get them used to just being with you as you're cooking the meals. I remember doing this with all my kids and for the longest time they would eat a lot more food than they would help with, but eventually they did help. It works if you just get them started early. So ask yourself, what is my version of Make It Monday? What have I mentioned today that just sparks some ideas on your part? How can your kids pitch in with meal prep. Definitely find a way to bring them into the mix because remember, if you want your kids to eat it, you want to get them in the kitchen making it. It's not even just about all the time it will save you. It's about raising healthy kids that know how to cook, that know how to do this when they leave the house. When they're 18 and they leave the house, you want them to have this skill. Now for your part of the meal prep, you've got all your ingredients. Now It's just about starting to put those ingredients together so the actual making of the meal during the week goes much quicker. 
I like to do my grocery shopping, my grocery list, my grocery shopping, and my meal prep. I like to do that on Sunday. It really doesn't matter though. It doesn't have to take place all in one day. I like it that way for my life, but certainly having it planned out in advance, it's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And we all want more of both of those, don't we? Take a look at all of your meals for the week. What can you pre-wash, chop, put in containers, put it together for easy weekday cooking. Whatever you can in that area, go for it with your meal prep. I know at first meal prep can seem like a daunting task, but just get started because even if you just have the goal of meal prepping one or even two meals a week, that is the perfect place to start. You don't have to be doing all of them to get started. Just start with one or two and see if it frees up some time for you later in the week. You can meal prep for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you choose to. I would definitely start with dinner at a minimum because that's the place you're busiest one, maybe two dinners a week, it will help those busy weeknights go smoother. But if you really want to get into it, just go for it. You can do it for all your meals. It is completely up to you how many meals you end up meal prepping for the week. I want to give you a word of caution from experience here. The one food of the day that I see people forgetting to meal prep and one that can create a downfall when it comes to gut health is your snacks. People forget that one, but don't forget to prep your snacks as well, especially your snacks, really. If you're doing raw fruit and veg, go ahead and cut some up, have it ready. If you're doing all cooked, go ahead and cook up some veggies on that day of the week when you're meal prepping. Put them in separate containers in the fridge, then they're gonna be ready for you when the hangries hit so you don't go off your gut healing diet. During the week, I love meals that include roasted veggies. It's just one of my favorites. They're so delicious, so sweet, so healthy. So on Sunday, my meal prep dedicated day, I'll start a couple sheet pans of roasted veggies. Then they're all ready for me during the week. All I have to do is pull them out, heat them up. It makes weeknight meals come together so much faster. Meal prep is also a good time to freeze your bulk food and your perishables that maybe you won't be using during the week. What can you freeze to just help it last a bit longer? Fruit, veggies, beans, breads, whether they are gluten-free or grain-free, you can freeze those. A freezer is the greatest invention, isn't it? It's just amazing. The freezer helps your food last longer. So take advantage of that and use that when you are doing your meal prep. And of course, step five, it wouldn't be an amazing step if I didn't have a bonus do it like a mom tip. Of course, I've got one for you. Step number five bonus tip is all about the mason jar. Mason jars were made for meal prep. I'm such a fan. I've got mason jars in all shapes, all sizes. They go in the pantry. They go in the refrigerator. They even go in the freezer. And the cool thing is that they're clear and you can easily label them. So you'll always know what's in them. Stock up on mason jars. They're not that expensive and it will help you make meal prep work for you. So there you have it. Crohn's and colitis meal planning in five easy steps. What do you think? It's doable. You can make it work for you at your own pace. You can even start with step one and then just start adding 
on when it feels right for you. It's definitely going to help you make that gut healing diet work for you, right? You're taking all that information and now you're making it actionable, practical. You're in the step where it's actually making a difference in your life. It will help you make gut healing eating a habit and it will challenge you to stick with what you've planned for you and for your whole family throughout the week. You can do this, my dear friend. And of course, you know, if you're struggling with it, I am here to help. Reach out if you need any help in the meal planning department. You can find me at hello at karenhaley.com. Hello at karenhaley.com. And remember, it's Karen with a Y. Now, before we part for today, let's recap those five meal planning steps one more time. Step number one, the recipe hunt. Get your recipes together in one place so you don't have to go searching for them or think about what am I going to make every week. Step number two, what's in your pantry and your fridge and on the counter? No more food waste and use what you've got to create what you'll eat for the week. Step number three, what's on the calendar for you and for your kids? Step number four, the grocery list and shop step. This is the perfect place to get your kids involved. Step number five, the meal prep. You can meal prep any and all meals you'll be eating for the week and it will go much smoother. Everything will happen much quicker. Remember, if you want all of these steps in one place, if you want a handy dandy cheat sheet, grab my meal planning resource five steps for IBD meal planning. It's a cheat sheet, so it lays everything out in that we've talked about today in a concise and an easy to follow format. You can get all this gut love by going to karenhaley.com forward slash meal plan, karenhaley.com forward slash M-E-A-L-P-L-A-N. Happy meal planning and happy meal prepping, my friend. Trust me, It has the power to be life-changing. I don't say that lightly, but it does. (laughs) And if it helps you stay true to your gut healing diet, then it's worth the initial efforts it takes to just set up the steps and the organization and get that in place. Because when you have a system, everything falls into place. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon. 